so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Marseille View. Happy New Year and I hope everyone has had a good break. Um, we are back tonight. It's our first podcast, I think in nearly a couple of months or at least about six weeks or so. Um, we've had the World Cup break in between and um, so there's not been a lot of action or uh, well, there's been no action until just the last week there. So yeah, we've got two games uh, to cover and it's uh, hopefully a good sort of positive return uh, to the podcast for us as uh, things are looking good on the pitch. Um, so joining me tonight, uh, I've got Ben. How are you, Ben? Good, good. Happy New Year to everyone. Good to be back. As you said, there's been, um, you know, it's been, been weird. There's been the World Cup and then the festive period. But oh, I'm back and, uh, and good to welcome you back as well after your, um, you, you know, your, your new arrival and um, your, your short break as well. So welcome back and looking forward to, to debriefing positively for a change. Yes. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> I'm sure we'll find some stuff to 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 fight about. <laughs> um, Always. And yeah, oh, absolutely. And uh, that that reminds me, our next uh, speaker, uh, Alex. <laughs> How are you? Hi, mate. Yeah, all good, all good. And a good little Christmas. You know, staying in the UK. Um, didn't travel too much, so not too many issues with strikes and everything. And uh, just happy for the real football to be back, which is our beloved uh, OM, and the, the results have been kind with us, so um, all is good. You say that, but you enjoyed the World Cup Well, it was there. Come on, it was fun. <laughs> I enjoyed beating England, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, ben, I mean... I'm, ben, it seems like you're yeah. off. You're all right. Yeah, yeah my, my, mute <laughs> bro- my mute button was broken, sorry. <laughs> I, I mean I, I'm like you Alex like I, I always say that I'm not that I'm not that interested in the international football but like when the World Cup comes I kind of change like I, I sort of get sucked into it um I, but yeah I just I just don't have the energy for all the in-between stuff um just that yeah it always feels like kind of like a unwelcome I, I, break from quick, from club football yeah quick quick one then before we dive into to OM stuff I mean just and it's OM related I mean we had a, you know, a fair amount of players who went who do you think was was our best player I mean I'm, I was just thinking out loud as um as, as you were saying it I mean maybe Dieng because he got a goal um Gendouzi barely played Vertu barely played they were shit when they played for France Dieng Gay had game time is there, is there anyone else that had game time Radonic but he's, he's not well, he's not our player anymore I guess but I don't think anyone really had more than a couple of appearances, it seems to me. I, I couldn't think of anyone. I was thinking about that too. But, yeah, as you said, it seemed to be, you know, not a lot of minutes for OM players. It's, it's a shame because um, when you look at the, the run that they had, maybe maybe Arit would have been uh, the star OM performer if he hadn't had that horrible injury, sadly. 
Would he have got a game Morocco on that a, team? Well, Morocco, he was a starter, mate. He was a starter for that team. So I thought he was out the team for a long time and he only recently got back in the team after a sort of fallout. So, I don't know. Like, can he play a very similar player to uh, ZH? ZH, isn't he? Is yeah, I mean, well, he was at the team too, wasn't he? But I guess the form he was in before the World Cup, you, you, you would have backed him to to at least get some decent game time, if not be a starter. So, But, hey, it's a shame he, he, he got injured against Monaco. So, yeah. I guess we could close, the, turn the page, and get back to um... <laughs> real football. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, yeah, of course. Except the the France England game, obviously. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> anyway, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, shall we get back to um? So the um, we've had two games since the World Cup. So we obviously played uh, before uh, New Year um, on the 29th against Toulouse. That was our first game back uh, after the break. So we'll start with that one. Um, we'll also cover the, uh, uh, well, last night's game against Montpellier. And there's some transfers that have occurred in the, in the last few weeks. So we'll cover some of them. So we've had some official departures and some, there's, if we get time, we'll cover a couple of rumours as well in the Mercato, but there's not a huge amount there, but definitely. And um, we'll, we'll do a little segment on that all. Um, so let's start with Toulouse. So, uh, yeah, as I said, this was our first game back uh, and it was uh, a, a, quite a welcome return. So uh, OM uh, came away with a 6-1 victory. So we certainly were in amongst the goals. And, yeah, I must just, I, I guess just to, to say, guys, like, obviously, like, a really positive result. Um, and I, 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 I think performance as well. But how much do you feel that the, the Toulouse match is going, you know, has an impact on the squad as a whole returning after such a long break? Was it all as uh, rosy as it appears on the score sheet in your eyes? Well, I think the the, the first half was was difficult. Let's be honest. Like, okay, there's few things. Two things is we're still bringing a lot of intensity, which we saw in the first half, and a lot of width in the way we play. Um, but there were a lot of mistakes technically and, and, and Toulouse countered really well. I mean, they could have scored a couple of goals in the first half. And and we've been lucky with at least the second goal that we scored just before halftime. So I think the first half wasn't, wasn't you know, all rosy. But, you know, 2-0 up, we, we'll take it for sure. Um, but we're still taking, you know, so much risks in the way we play with pressing so high up and leaving so much space for the defenders to to cover as soon as there's one bad pass or we lose a ball like if a team has a enough skills and speed they can really hurt us so um that was a that was you know a bit lucky to be two nil up and then in the second half like the the talent made the difference and we started to to roll and everything was going in and you know, after the World Cup, I mean, um, such a good start. Uh, you're bringing a lot of confidence. Everybody on the pretty much on the scoring sheet. Um, like you can see, for instance, Hunda scoring, and then because of that, I think give him a lot of confidence for the games again, the, the game against Montpellier. So, you know, it was obviously a very positive uh, evening for us, even if you know we have to be careful on the way we defend with such a you know such a risky approach uh, to the way we play. Mm, yes, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. I think you mentioned certainly about like in the first half. I, I completely agree. Um, I think the score is a little bit misleading. We were pretty um, 
not poor, but we certainly weren't like as dominant as the second half sort of when the, the, the goals flown in suggest. We were certainly like giving away lots of chances. And you mentioned like the, the high line. Sorry, they're pressing really high, and that's something actually mm. in the next game as well that becomes a problem. You can see like um, teams sort of catching us out with pace quite a lot at the back. Um, so yeah, we've kind of been lucky that we've not been playing against until it's a team that are very potent in attack, um, and also like it's a team that are really like young and, and experienced. So um, kind of can get away with quite a lot in, in that match, I think. Um, but yeah, so um, I totally agree with that um, first half a little bit. It's a little bit flat, actually. I remember thinking it's particularly an attack, but um, but yeah. Um, Ben, what about you? What 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 are your thoughts on on that? Um, you know, agree agree with everything you guys have said. Um, I mean, I again, I, I'm not. I don't know if I'm usually the pessimist, but but maybe. But um, I guess one thing that I'm thinking about is, and I, and I remember saying it when we started the season so well as well is we'll only be as good and be able to put as much intensity whilst the players are fresh and fit, right? And we saw exactly what happened with the accumulation of games. Um, we started having a bit of a rut when we lost against Lens and we, we struggled to win a few games and we lost against Frankfurt in Champions League and PSG and all of those games. Um, and then it took it took the squad a while to sort of refocus and, and Trudeau had to do a bit of turnover as well. So um, happy we, we scored six goals um, and there was notable mentions, Kalazidan. Um, what an amazing piece of skill that was, Tavares as well. Um, so yeah, you know, you could be very happy about the goal difference. Um, very happy that, that so many different players scored because it boosts the confidence when they score, and, and it's a good, good return to winning ways at home as well. Um, but but again, you do sort of question, um, and hopefully it won't be the case because we don't have European games anymore, sadly. But we, we sh- the, the squad should be able to stay fresh and fit enough. Um, with the size of the squad we have, and, and with certainly um, some players like Kolasinac and under, um, and uh, who didn't go to the World Cup, and then and, and, and seem to have, and Gay as well, who did go but, but came back early, they seem to have returned to found, to have found form, and maybe that's because they they spent some extra time with Tudor and they sort of bought into the system a bit more and, and built a better, better relationship with him. So hopefully they stay involved. Um, and, and, and they're able to contribute, whether they're starters or, or bench players. So good win. Um, but, but again, uh, you know, Toulouse, we have this not not often enough, sadly, in OM seasons. But we do have a couple of games a year where, where a team comes and is completely <laughs> fucking suicidal at the Villadorm and, and doesn't sit back. And it's good. It's good for us, right? Because it, it gives for attractive game and that means that... that some of them do snatch a win sometimes because they they try things, but um, let's you know let's not get carried away and, and let's bear in mind that Toulouse made it really fucking easy for us because most teams come and park the bus and make it very difficult and we we scrape a one nil or a two one or something, but, but they were just all over the shop defensively in the second half. It was really? interesting to 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 rebound on on what you say. Both teams, when we're going to talk about Montpellier as well, both teams Toulouse and Montpellier, they play. They haven't parked the bus. They play with the back four. Uh, they didn't try to cover the whole width of the pitch with five in the back, like like the team usually come at the velodrome, park the bus, five at the back. It's really difficult for our, our wingers or our wing back to to find any space. Here you have a team like Toulouse. They come back for they they didn't you know uh, as I say park the bus. So you have a lot of space for 
you know, uh, uh, it was Kolasinac on that game on, on the left side, but especially Under and Klaus, who had very good game. And and actually, the, the goal, the first goal that we scored was actually, um, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Gigo, who came on that right side. And there's a lot of space because you have Under, you have Gigo, and then Ronger come in. And you just have a lot of space on, on the width of the pitch because of this team playing at the back four and not readjusting against us. And, and you know, some, some games we'll play against uh, stronger defense who, will, who would play a back five. They will readjust when they play against us. And I think that will be a, a very good test for, uh, you know, for guys like, like Under and for our wing backs and, and things like that to see if they are still able to to create and, and find a difference. Or if we change the way we play and then we play more centrally to like, uh, you know, Payet or, or Alexi and, and find a, the solution down there. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it was interesting, as you said, that Tim's not coming and packing the bus. Yeah, it's quite telling, isn't it, um, in this game when uh, Gigo was able to make a run like that and create a chance for Angier to score. Yeah, whoever I mean, had that, 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 shouldn't, that shouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah, whoever <laughs> had that on their betting sheet, Gigo getting the score. <laughs> it's a millionaire. Millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Like, I'm looking at the data from the game, and it doesn't. It really doesn't look like you would imagine from a scoreline like that. I know, as you said, Toulouse didn't sit back. They actually tried to play, and they did play in that first half. But like, look at it, right? You've got um, possession, 51% to 49%. Pass accuracy, OM, 81%. To lose, 80%. They're kind of matching OM in a lot of the, a lot of the um, different uh, you, know, me, you know data measurements. You've got shots, 13 to 10 on target, 76. This actually looks like a really close game, but it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for a change, for a change, we were clinical as hell, and we scored six goals out of seven on target. And, and we've had other games... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but we've we've had other games, haven't we? And um, notably against Loss at home, when we we probably created just as many chances and and had as many shots, but couldn't find the back of the net because there were half chances, and we scuffed shots from Gendouzi and and Alexi missing the ball by the by a hair on a on a cross and stuff like that. But um, it just when it goes your way, it goes your way, and and thank God it did. Yeah, and like even I'm looking at the passes, right? The total passes it says four five eight for OM, four three eight for Toulouse. As such, the, you know the real that's twenty pass difference, and it's like as you said, we were clinical in front of goal, but I actually think as well um, in the game we used the you know we used the ball well as well when we had it. It wasn't a lot of kind of just moving it around and and not really going anywhere with it. I just think that we were quite efficient in that match. Um, so yeah, it's kind of quite positive. To, for your first game back anyway, because you kind of expect in your first game back maybe to, things to be a little bit rusty. Um, but it seemed like we were, you know, confident and sort of uh, focused enough to be able to do what we needed to do um, with the opportunities that we had. So I, I think that's quite a good sign like in, the, in, in your return after such a long break. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, what's, guys, interest, what's interesting ahead, as well from, from... Sorry, mate. Yeah, what's interesting uh, from Tudor this time as well is uh, because uh, Genduzi wasn't available, um, he finally, and, and because of uh, Ariti's injury, he, he put three guys up front who are a lot more offensive, you know, attacking than than the way he would have done before. So, you know, before it would have been Harid, Genduzi, Alexi, and, and that lacks, you know, in, in the last, uh, the lacks a bit of, 
you know, a quality, a bit of a, you know, striking ability and so on, a bit of speed. Um, and there you play Paye, which obviously is a great, you know, passer of the ball. You have um, Alexi, who's really, you know, quite a complete striker. He's not amazing at anything, but he, he just press so much. He's really good at pivot. And then you have Under, who brought something very different compared to what we had before. A lot of run. We know he's, he, with his foot, he's not afraid to shoot. He's not afraid to do that, that, you know, pass diagonal to the wing back on the other side, on, on the left side, that kind of stuff. It's just bringing so much more in the last third compared to the, the, the team that Tudor used to put. So because of that, we lose a bit in terms of the pressing. So we could see Toulouse or even Montpellier able to, to create in a way more than, than the team did against us, uh, you know, previously. But then that's the thing. It was more attacking and we are more clinical in the last third. So it'll be interesting to see when uh, Gendouzi come back, you know, uh, full fit uh, and ready to use. If, if Tudor will continue with that more attacking option, which scores goal, but you can see it a bit more. Or if he'll go back to something a bit more, um, <clears throat> a bit more, uh, you know, compact and defensive. Yeah, I guess it, it, a lot of that depends on form, right? And um, touch wood, long may it continue. But uh, I mentioned a few players who, who benefited from the World Cup break to probably get to know Tudor a bit better and, and work, certainly on their, the tactical understanding of, of the system and stuff like that. Uh, Rongier has come back all guns blazing, right? He's been he's been one of our top performers over the last two games. And he was one of those that was struggling quite a bit before the break. Totally, um, yeah. So, Gay. so as long as these guys stay fit, it's it's going to be difficult for 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 again Duzi to, to to slot into that deeper midfield position. So um, it it seems likely that it's going to be him and him and Under or him and Payet swapping out and him staying a, a further step forward. Certainly, whilst Gay and, and Rongier are in the form that they're in, that's that's my two cents. Okay, but, but um, then I, think, we... I think what's very interesting is that if for me is. What decision if he made if it's Gendouzi or Under? I mean, and especially when she, we're going to talk about Montpellier later on, like Under has worked so hard for the team on, on both games, but he brings so much more than Gendouzi in the final third. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see what's the decision. Or is it Payet who would lose out? Or, you know, it'd be interesting to see what we do with Gendouzi. I hope so. I, hope so. <laughs> I think, I think <laughs> we probably all agree that Gendouzi needs to be playing deeper. Like, as the when he's playing in part of the front, front three, that's not the best use of a player like him. I think he's wasted. Surely everyone agrees with that, no? I, 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 think I don't know he's, if he's wasted. I, I mean, it, it's it works for a certain period, right? Because he covers a lot of ground and he presses, and and so when he when him and Sanchez do that, and he gets into positions where he what he was very good at doing was getting the ball out to cross very regularly in in good positions for him to cross or or cut in. So it, 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 he just brings something different. But certainly, as Alex said, he just doesn't he doesn't have that that threat that goal scoring threat that Ender has, and I think that's the key difference. So I think I think. On, on this debate, I think it, if you're Tudor, it depends on who you're playing, right? If you if you're playing, yeah, yeah. Um, if you're playing a team that, that plays from the back and is and is a bit, you know, is, is a bit better than Toulouse or Montpellier, so Monaco or or uh, you know a Lens or someone like that, then Gendouzi gives you that that extra sort of press and and causes them True. more problems in their build-up. However, if you're playing a, a team that doesn't do that and that you know you're going to have a lot of, of joy against on the counter attack and the possession, then it's, it has to be under, right? That's that's. I reckon that's the logic. True, true, true. Right. Especially when when you have you have 
Payet, Alexia uh, uh, up front, like you know, you can't really rely too much on on Payet to come down in the midfield and 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 work too hard. So when you play against, let's say, a four-three-three, you have three midfielders to cover. So you have obviously Rongier and Vertu who cover two, but then it's good to have a guy like Genduzi to cover the third midfielder. You know, when 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 it's uh, when it's again a, a good passing team. So. It'd, it'd just be very interesting to see, um, you know, the fact that Unda worked so hard over the last two games, maybe starting to, you know, make Tudor think a little bit differently, a bit more like, you know, it's less of a risk to put Unda instead of, of like again Doozy. I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. Okay. Um, I mean, see, for me personally, like, I think Unda wasn't that great in the Toulouse game. I thought he had a very good game against Montpellier, but I thought uh, against Toulouse... He wasn't great. I think the performances were quite different, actually. But yeah, I mean, I accept that like he's definitely working harder. Um, he's just kind of certainly in the, the second game that we'll come to in a minute. Like he showed him sort of more facets to his to his game. But yeah, I I, I wouldn't. I feel like you're kind of like conflating the two a little bit. Um, I couldn't. Well, um, but anyway, um, on this subject of players, could we should maybe just pick like a top and a flop then, um, for this game. Uh, um, I, who, I mean, I, you go first. You go yeah, first. <laughs> probably stick for the top. Um, I think everyone's probably going to say close and actually pay it, but I think I'll probably go with Klaus and for the Toulouse game. Thought he was very good. Um, I think he's just yeah, just a really important player for us in in, in the attack, and um, he seems to be involved in everything. So yeah, um, I'll probably go with him. He was involved in the season as well. It's big, big of you to to say that. I mean, you you wanted to keep Leon, I remember. So. Yeah, I mean, I do. I like Klaus. I, I do. I, I do like Klaus. Like, I, I mean, you can't deny he's been an excellent signing. So, um, but and we need two players. But anyway, there's another player that we can come to the next game. Well, I would have kept Lerola for, but anyway, um, it's for the flop, I'll I think I'll probably pick. Don't know. I've said Unda, so I mean, not that he was that bad, but yeah, I've already criticised him, so rather than um, pick another one, I'm fine with that. Uh, I'd, I'd say I'd say the top for me is, is probably between Klaus and Rongier, just because Rongier was, in the second half, he, he was, I think he won two or three balls back that, that led to one or two of the goals in the second half, and Klaus got two assists. Um, on the flops, um, I think... And it wasn't. He didn't have a shit game, but but he certainly was wasn't on the level that we've seen him at when he's good. And and he was he was below the pack. Was was Bellardi for me? He was he was the one in that game against Toulouse who who looked uh, not shaky, but he just didn't look um, he didn't look on as on the ball as the as the other defenders. Yeah. And uh, for me, um, man, man, best player for me, man of the match at Toulouse was, was Pap Gay. I think in the midfield he was, he was great. He, he got a lot of balls. Some of the ball actually led to directly to some goals and and and, and chances. And for him to come back and uh, you, you can see the potential in this guy. You can see that he's just lacking that kind of hunger to to push things and force things and make things happen and. It was great to see that change of mindset started, you know, some kind of a new season, and I think he had a he had an amazing game. So I'll give it to Pap K. And uh, and for the flop, yeah, you know, Balerdi and Kolasinac together on on that left side, they had some 
positional issue together, which exposed a bit um, Ballardi um, there. Uh, I think it's, it's, it was a bit of a, a team structure issue as uh, more than anything. But yeah, Ballardi wasn't having a good game. And I, I, I'll, I'll say something funny because I think Under was very useful because first he defended, you know, a lot for an offensive midfielder. And he ran non-stop, you know, doing this deep run, pushing the defensive line out, creating space for others, which led to the second goal, even if it was a lucky, fluky goal, is because he did that run. But it's true that Under with the ball in that game wasn't as good and uh, clinical as he he can be. And, and he kind of struggled between the lines. And, you know, so it wasn't the perfect game that we would have liked. And I think that will be um, uh, good to compare this with the Montpellier game later on. Gay was the one, wasn't it, that made the tackle that led to the penalty yes. before the penalty? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was good. He made a number of good, like, sort of defensive sort of challenges and stuff. I thought, yeah. But I'm, I'm still not, like, you say potential. I still kind of feel like he's not really... Well, I probably thought he was going to be by now when we signed him, but I agree. You know, so I think about his age, whether it's probably a little bit too late to be talking about potential. But I don't they, know. They, well, there's yeah. been a, there's been a couple of false stones with them with him, hasn't there? And um, well, I mean, the, I say a couple. I mean, the, the main one for me is he he came back from the Afcon having won it and, and featured quite regularly in, in Senegal's win of that tournament, and um, and you know I thought he'd come back like Zeng did, which was more confident and ready to step up again and, and he didn't um so yes happy happy that he seems to be on form again um but but again weary that you know i'm just so wary that, that it could be another false storm with him yeah um should we move on to Montpellier then uh, so i think we've probably s- s- talked about toys enough um, and there was an, another really quite important game last night so i get another southern no, it's not Derby at all, is it? But another team from the south that we've local, sca- local scalped. Game. Yeah, uh, yeah. Montpellier is maybe a bit more local. Toulouse is not really that local, is it? It's quite far from Marseille. So I've had I've had that train before. It's not that's not a short journey. Um. So um. Yeah. So we were at uh, Montpellier last night. Um. Two one victory away from home. Um. Interesting game. Different game from the first one. Uh. Similar problems though, like I mean, as we kind of mentioned about the back line and stuff like that, but certainly we we're facing a much better team than Toulouse, so um, not the kind of walkover that we had uh, last week. Um, anyone's thoughts on this game? I, I mean, I would just say that I thought the game was we were performance was pretty solid to be honest until like the last sort of ten minutes where it kind of just went a bit um, unnecessarily nervy. Uh, what what were you guys? I mean, the second second half, the first half an hour of the second half was, was it's hard to say one of our best 30 minutes of the season, but it was certainly, you know, very high level. Um, and, and we came back from the dressing rooms with, with clear, better intentions. And, and I think that early goal enabled us to, to be more confident and, and, and pile on the pressure and get the second one. But I, in the first half, we were pretty shit. Um, I mean, we were, we were missing simple things. Um, you know, and, and you guys will say that I love bashing him, but but Payet was just 
non-existent for me in the first half in that game and, and all of his set pieces were as shit as, as they have been in, in recent years. So um, we did have, you know, three or four decent free kicks that, that he could deliver into the box. We did, he did nothing with it, any of them. But, um, but yeah, I, I thought we were missing simple passes and Under was the only one really in, in the first half that stood out because he was, he was everywhere. He was, um, he was very decisive um, on the counter-attack where, where he, well, from from a, a dreadful free kick in our favour from Payet that, that was cleared them very easily from the Toulouse box. They had uh, sorry the Montpellier box. They had a great counter attack with Wayi, and Under was the man who followed him all the way and, and, and made that last ditch sort of challenge to, to stop him shooting. So apart from Under in the first half, I thought we struggled a lot in build up and, and Montpellier were, were maybe pressing as well. But as soon as we turned on the start in the second half. We, we we they just couldn't cope. They just couldn't cope with the physicality. They couldn't cope with um with the build up, with the quality, and and that that's that's the, the key difference really with this OM team. Um, you know, and, and Monaco are actually very lucky with this this season where they're playing awfully, but they're they're getting the wins. Um, last night I thought was was one of those games where we we turned it on for 20 minutes, but we 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 did enough to get the goals in those 20 minutes, and then shut ourselves a bit towards the end. But but that's the OM way, right? <laughs> yeah definitely no I totally agree with you the, the first half was a bit sloppy especially with the ball we lacked a bit of intensity the only thing that was really good for us is the same thing I was talking before you have a, a back four and Montpellier was was quite compact they were defending in 4-2-3-1 but quite compact in the centre so you know we couldn't really find Payet or Alex in good situation they had a lot of defending on them but then on the right side, we were able to to have Under and Close together against uh, the, the the left wing back of Montpellier, and because of that difference, you know, in the wide area, um, you have you could argue, you know, potentially the, the two of the greatest quality player that we have in the squad being free at at some point, and that created a, a fair amount of chances. Um, I think you, um, just, just on that, Alex, because you mentioned it in, in the group yesterday, um, and I, I started watching it closely because I think you mentioned it in the first half. But I think you were right in in, in the sense that Trudeau seems to slight tweaked tweaked it slightly, where Cruz was actually doing what Rongier was doing last year, so so an inverted fullback coming inside quite quite yeah. often, and that that enabled Under to get on the wing, and and that's what Under likes to do, right? So you, you were you exactly right. Exactly. So Under, as we've seen against Toulouse, he's not he's not perfect for the kind of half space between the line role because technically, just the way he receives the ball and so on, he's not as you know technically as good as let's say a Payet. But then when he's on the wing, he's a bit of time to get the ball and get speed and momentum. Then he's really good. And we see even especially in the second half because um, you had Caboret coming in and nobody <laughs> wanted to pass the ball to Caboret. And uh, Tudor told him, you know, just take that inside, you know, half space line and run. So he leaves Und with a bit of space on the wing, and and that's why he's he's, he's really good and can really make a difference. Um, and that it's good is is the best way to maximize under when under is is uh, in the right position we create so much more because he's not afraid to shoot he's the best crosser i think uh, especially a different kind of cross with his left foot um and he brings the kind of dynamism and, and change of tempo that that the other don't really have like you know payet doesn't really have a change of tempo he's extremely skilled but he doesn't have that 
Alexi, I wouldn't no. quite say. Yeah, not anymore. And uh, Alexi is not that kind of player anymore as well. But Undo has got that little dash in, of speed which can create a difference and he's not afraid to shoot. So I, I really, really like that. And, and as you say, defended, you know, um, all the way back to the box more than once. You know, I'd be of the vibe of a Griezmann during the World Cup where the guy is the offensive mid, but defending like he's a defensive midfielder sometimes. So... So that was yeah. that was um, that, that was the main thing in in the first half is that we created space on on, on that especially on that on that left, on that right side, and then the second half as you say we turn it on press well you know uh, add a bit of um, you know touch of quality score two goals and then the game was was quiet I mean uh, Montpellier had a lot of speed encounter but that was quite well managed uh, Rongier and Vertu uh, turned to you know. Um, the next, the next kind of gear, and and they were dominant in the midfield, and um, and because of the the kind of narrow four at the back defense of Montpellier, we started to have uh, Nuno Tavares coming coming on stream and doing more runs, and he scored a great great goal, and and that's it. Apart from the last minute of total madness that that we can do, it was it was a very controlled game. Mm, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think um, in this game, like, I think I, I think this was a pretty good performance, to be honest. Like, I, I, I thought the team were pretty solid um, for most of the match, and and I, I, definitely. I guess to, 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 sorry, just to go in your direction. I mean, the, even though Alex and I have both said that we thought we were sloppy in possession in the first half, I agree with you that despite despite that sloppiness, we were never really threatened. No, exactly. I, I was just as a yeah, it's kind of just what I was about to say is that I, I think that this was what we were seeing was a, a team that was very much at comfort in this game. And I, I think like games that we've played against Montpellier over the years have been a lot harder than that. And I know the scene like is a Montpellier team that looks to me like it's gone through a bit of transition from a very different style of play that it's had for many years. And it looks like it's got a very different setup now. I mean, they always played for years under uh, uh, Der Zakarian, they always played with three at the back, didn't they? And they were very, like, you know, they liked to park the bus in games like this. And they really weren't like that at all. And it just... just quite, yeah, they used to yeah. be a lot so, more physical, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah they would. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they still have guys like uh, uh, Christophe Julien, and, and, you know, and there's some pretty hard guys there, but um, it's not the same kind of team. And I think that... Um, yeah, that kind of, as you've said, Alex, it probably played into our hands a lot better. Um, but yeah, I feel like we were comfortable throughout the game. We were in control. Um, the first half, you, I, I completely agree that we were pretty flat in attack. It was a pretty dull first half, actually. Um, second half, as you said, Ben, we came out, we were really solid. We were playing really well, um, looking very competent. Um, but yeah, it kind of all went a bit... Um, messed up at the last 10 minutes and and, and it's kind of like I suppose what I'm getting with that is that even though when we're in a game like that when you're two up and you're in control and you're playing well um, and then something like that happens and it kind of just sort of throws everything off and it just shows that like um, we're still not we're still not totally there yet you know we've still got those lapses in concentration and um, those individual errors and stuff that kind of put the whole the rest of the team under pressure and to be honest I don't really know why it happened I, I'm still talking about Tavares kind of and, and uh, Perez's mistake as well exactly. it kind of came out of nowhere it was unprovoked really I, 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 I mean I watched it again today and I was like 
I just don't know how where that came from, and it just sort of led to, you know, the whole team looking pretty uneasy at the end. So yeah, I, I don't know. I I I feel like the point I'm making anyway is that like, well, we've seen like signs in this game that the team is you know very um coherent, you know, and knows and knows uh, cohesive. Sorry, and knows its job at times. We're seeing that we're actually still quite naive that we haven't really matured yet. Um, I don't know if that's because of the sort of younger players or if it's just the fact that with this team, like the team we had last year, is we've got so many new players and a new coach, and it sort of takes time for all that to kind of settle. Um, I'm not sure. What what, what uh, you uh, just uh, described? So what you what you've just described, and, and then I'll let you go next very quickly, is is those those little laps in concentration and 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 you know panic. That that's that's the gap that we have to bridge between now and next year to to be better in the Champions League, um, because because the the key difference is we we made similar, you know, little small mistakes and lapses in concentration and judgment in the Champions League. You pay for those with a goal automatically. That's the difference. And that's what we need to aspire to if we want to, to compete better in the Champions League group stage next season. So in Liga, you, you may be able to get away with it, but in Champions League, you just won't. No, totally, yeah. totally. And one thing as well is is the switch of, of style compared to, to last year. So last year, we are more like, you know, technically... Uh, dominant players more than physically. So you had Jason, you had Payet, you had Gendouzi. You, had, you know, we could we could control the ball for 10 minutes and just calm the, the, the game down if, if we wanted to, uh, especially towards the end of the season where it would be more in control. Well, with this team, you know, technically, you know, against, let's say, the Montpellier the last few minutes, if we had to do a pass a dis, as we say, and turn the ball around... I, we don't really have the team for that. We we have more physical presence, more aggressivity, but maybe technically it's not uh, as you know. We don't have a Saliba at the back or players like even if I love the defenders we have, but uh, uh, we not we don't have that total control as you said, Stefan. And and as you said, Ben, you know, in in big games that could that could cost us. But um, one little word on on the defense. I mean. You know, when you have Colasignac, when you have um, Bailly when he's fit, and when you have Mbemba, um, you know, when you think we got all three for free, um, when they when they on form, I mean, it's it's a physical defense. Like there's not many like this in Liga, and and it's the, it's the best you know, it's, um, the best centre back the best oh. centre back pairing we've had since Jawara and Bia for me is is Bailly and Mbemba. They're they're unbelievable. Yeah. Those two, absolutely. But are we really like now starting to think that Kolasinac is this great because he's had two I mean, good games? He's having, he's having he's a great. burst of form. He's good. He's had two good games, but is he? Is he? No, he's he had, had more than that. He had more than I that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if he goes in the summer. Uh, uh, um, no, well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, he's he's on form. I'll give you that. I agree that that we've seen him off form, but. Certainly under Trudeau, he's he's been much better this season as that left centre back rather than a, than a wing back, and, and he could fill in a wing back. Yeah. But as that left centre back, he's had some really solid games this year. I mean, um, actually we, we didn't cover the Liverpool game. He wasn't playing on the left, though, was he against Toulouse? I mean, sorry, he wasn't playing in the centre back against Toulouse. He was playing on the left, wasn't he? I know, I know, but but that's what we're saying is that he had a decent game. But but again, I'll, I'll put it into context. It's, it was Toulouse, and, and they were they were playing gung ho suicide tactics. So I I'll hundred percent agree with you. If we can, if we can afford to buy a better player in that position, a starter, then great. But if we can't, 
he's a good squad player. And, and I said this when we signed him. Um, and, and I don't know if there were people, maybe I think some of you were a bit, you know, reticent and stuff, but, but I follow Arsenal. So I was like, guys, the key thing to, to bear in mind here is we're getting rid of, of Mapit Jordan Amavi, who's, who's a fucking donkey. I don't hate him as much as you do personally. But, no, um. well, well, but beyond hating him, we've, we've brought in someone who's got 50 plus European games in his career and, and who's, who's, you know, a hard fucking working Bosnian. And the guy just, just, even if he's not the best footballer, he has that right mentality and that right attitude and work ethic that will, that will boost his teammates, but also that Trudor will, will, will admire. And, and so good for him. He's having a run of games and he's confident and he's playing well. Hopefully it lasts, maybe it won't, but, but you, you know, we can only praise him. And I'll agree with you, Steph, if, if, you know, he's a good squad player. Ideally, you want him as a squad player, nothing more, but, but for now he's all we've got and, and he's, he's doing well. And, Let's just hope it continues. And, and on that vein, I mean, just just to finish on when when I say sloppy in the first half and the missed passes, and I don't I don't want to bash him and and because he's he's on loan, right? Caboret, and we're we're not going to pay the, the twenty million clause. There's no fucking way we're going to pay that amount of money, and, and I don't think we'll even try and extend the loan if we if we get the chance. But um, sloppy means that there were at least two or three clear chances where. Under or Rongier got the ball out to him. He had no pressure whatsoever on him, and he completely miscued this cross and 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 you know just just panicked and, and didn't have enough quality on the ball. And and that's I think that's we, we sort of when I say sloppy, I mean we've made it harder for ourselves than it, it could have been and should have been because you get one of those crosses right, and you you, you go in the dressing room at half time with one nil, then suddenly the, the analysis is completely different on the first half. But the fact that we 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 were we were crap, but we still had those those chances that could have led to clear goal scoring opportunities. We just it, the, the quality wasn't there, the technical quality wasn't there. Was to, to go back to what you were saying, Alex, to, compared to last season, with certain of the players that we have this season. So it, it's it, we, we'll see, right? Caboret is, is a, he's going to get game time now because um, even though apparently Klus so Klus went off injured, which is why why Caboret came on. Apparently, it's not as serious as first appeared. Um, but the likelihood is he's going to miss at least the next two games. He's going to be out for a minimum of 10 days, two weeks, I reckon. So Cabo is going to play the next two games. And I think he would have started in the Cup on Saturday anyway against Toulon. So uh, we'll see, right? The, this, this is his chance to, to get some minutes and to show that he can he can be a decent contributor to this squad. But, yeah. And look, it's okay to bash him. Sorry, it's, it's okay to bash him, Ben. He was fucking pish. He was awful. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, he was. He was. He was. But like, let, let's we, give him a bit of time. Yeah, Alex and we'll do tops and flops. Yeah, no. Well, we've done. We've just done thing, the flop. <laughs> well, uh, I've not. Had, the, I've not got going yet. <laughs> the, the the thing for for that right wing back role is we may be able to play under there if it's against a smaller team like a trois. I think we're playing trois. Uh, you know, in in the next game, uh, if if at some point Caboret is too catastrophic, I think you know the last twenty or thirty minutes of the game, you can have Under on the wing and you know doing a bit of a wing back role, and you have Genduzi as a, a number ten, but you know defending behind Under if needed, and you know you can find a way around Caboret's limitation, but by, by not playing him if if we really need a goal. But um, yeah, he's technically he's not. He's not good enough, at least, you know, in, let, let's see if he progresses, if it's just a question of confidence. But so far, he looks pretty.
pretty limited. <laughs> you know what he looks like? See if you've ever seen in films and stuff, like where they're playing soccer, um, and you can tell the actors <laughs> haven't played football before. Like, that's what his ball control was like in his... Um, <laughs> It's crossing so bad. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, he, look, he yeah. looks like he's got he's he's got the athleticism. He's an athlete, but he doesn't. Yeah, he's fast. At least not at this level. <laughs> I mean, maybe if he was playing in like uh, I don't know the Scottish Premier League, is it called that now? I don't even know it. Premiership, Premier League. <laughs> um, he would look like a good footballer, but at this <clears> level, <throat> doesn't look like a good footballer. He looks like. Yeah, I mean, I mean. Well, fuck, fuck, not bashing him, but I guess it's like it's more like I think he's one of those where um, there's a reason Man City have bought him and loaned him out, right? So Ben, and ben, I think, but but what what are Man City playing at? Like, was it twenty million like uh, activation clause? No, but, for the, but, but, well, yeah, but what does that well, tell they, you? They, they don't want to sell him. Good, like, well, no, they, 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 they want to sell him. That's what it tells you, right? I know, That's the but message. Like, 20, twenty million euros, like what? It's like the Cuban Missile Crisis. It's dissuasive. They just don't... That's, that's basically telling us that, yeah, you can have him on loan. <laughs> and you know what? If you want to buy him, then it's going to cost you. But but I guess uh, he, he's probably one of those players that needs to play week in, week out to build up confidence, to build up um, sharpness and match fitness and stuff. And maybe he... I mean, it was there's a reason that City bought him last year. He was a decent right wing back in the game last year here. And that's why he, he belongs to Man City, right? But but clearly, um, with limited game time, and and even though we we, we need every every t- every club like ours that has is playing starts the season with a European Cup, we need depth. He's clearly, you know, it's it's the difference between having a Colasso match that you know that has the experience, and um, even though he's not a great footballer, when you call upon him, if he's not played for three or four games, he'll put in a decent shift. Um, Cabo is the, the difference, right? He, he was on the, the ascendant sort of trajectory, confidence and, and ability-wise, and, and suddenly he finds himself being on loan at Marseille and, and barely playing because the, the Cruz has just been a, a top performer and, and Tudor hasn't done that much turnover either. And I think that's that's part of it. So, it's, again, it, it doesn't matter. Look, he's here to, 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 to fill the, the squad. He's only here to, to, to be on the bench and make up the numbers. Let's Let's face the truth here, but... Um, who knows? Maybe in three or four years he'll turn into a decent player. And we'll go. Who would have fucking believed it? If he does, it's not because uh, I can't see it being because he's improved his technical qualities. I think it will be because he's really like um, understood what he's good at and and channeled that as as much as he can. So you know the the pace, the you know athleticism um, that he has. I think he's um, the same age as Tavares, isn't he? And so you look at Tavares, and even though. Tavares has his faults. He's he's clearly, you know, he's just played more regularly than than Caboret has in the last three years and at a higher level, I think, overall, because Caboret was at what was it Trois last year? Trois. Um, yes, yes. Yeah, so, so <clears throat> they're, 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 I think they're more or less the same age, and it just goes to show you 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 either have that quality or you don't. And Tavares, what he's lacking is football IQ, and that's that's one of the most difficult things to coach. But but it's doable. We did we somehow we did it. it you know, it reminds me a bit of Taiwan before before Gareth got hold Definitely. of him and, and taught yeah. him to not be a brainless fucking mule that, that, that just runs forward. Taiwan was better time. than that though, wasn't he? Well, he wasn't. He, was a, he, he wasn't initially though. Better. He was he was really raw though. But but you've got to remember, obviously, that Marseille. We, you know, there was different league back then and, and and stuff like that. But but that's the difference, right? You have Caboret, who's who's come from Troyes and is discovering this this high level of, of leading Ligue 1 and, and 
and, and playing in the Champions League and, and, and having higher expectations of pressure on you and, and competition for your slots. And then you have a Tavares that um, I think they're quite similar profiles in terms of their, their, their football IQ, but Tavares has just played more regularly at the higher level than he has in, in his, his young career so far. Mm. I think context Tem- is key as well because um, yeah, he does. Context yeah. is key as well. And then he then he's useful. You just need to know how to cross because his speed will be extremely valuable as a right wing back. I don't think. I think I think you know. he knows. I think he knows how to cross. It's more it's more the concentration. It's like when you when you there were three at least twice I remember last night. You get the ball in that position. You're not pressed. Take a touch and concentrate. And that's you know. The, so maybe it's confidence. Yeah, it's yeah, confidence, so sharpness, whatever you want to call it. Let's give him okay. three, well, four games and, and reassess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think he'll be shit, but yeah, you're probably right. We should give him a bit more of a chance to see as young. Um, so um, I guess he's probably the flop. So who's the top then? Go on, Ben. All right, all right. Well, I'll, uh, I'll 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 say, I was... I was, I was I was pouring another Ricard, but, but I, there's no doubt. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> well, I'm going to bore everyone. I've, I've talked about him enough already. But change no, it was over. It was over. That's it. There, there's, no even, there's no even debate about about this one. It was the the not only was the under back the last year's under was back, but it was better because his his effort on the pitch defensively is something that we haven't seen to, to to that level last year and you know that that's that's good when you see a, a player especially you know attacking player offensive midfielder he's used to never really defend and you know he's pushed on the bench and then three four months later he gets his chance and he comes back really fighting hard um that's why you want to see that's the kind of player that you want in your squad that's you that, that's the whether you want the, the kids to look into and go yeah i, I need to, i need to fight to to, to to get my my spot even if I even if I'm super talented so um obviously and then I, I'll have just a quick word on on uh, Mbemba who I, I love the guy is just we're going for free he's the best defender in the league and on top of that he's Definitely. really good with the ball and he, he's really good at combining on that right and side he scores he scores he's yeah I mean he's complete why how he's, better, he's, he's a better Saliba he's a better Saliba I mean you know he's, he's just more complete defender um I, I guess just to finish on under I mean I think that you know we, I'd, I'd, I'd like to say my rate of him and I think you know remember Stefan last year when we spoke to, to Adam from the Roma the the, the Serie A podcast and, and specifically Roma because he, that's, that's the club he follows he said there's something there with under but but it's just not appeared yet and no coach has been able to get it out of him and we saw him I don't think we saw him at, at such a, a a level last year but he was more decisive certainly and he had a good period in January February you know he got the winning goal away to Bordeaux um, and 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 equalised against Lille when and, Mono, and Lille when we were shit at home. And, but but the, the facet of his game I saw last night was something that that um, I, I I think it was my main criticism of him and Jason last year was I didn't think they were capable of doing as much off the ball um, as as Under did last night. And and last night he he really fucking proved that maybe he's learned and maybe he's. He's, you know, he's fit enough and he's on form, and maybe that that time with Tudor and not going to the World Cup has, he, he's he's understood and he's he's willing to make that effort. So I hope it continues. But if he if it does, we've, you know, he could he could 
he's got the quality on the ball. No one's doubting that, and his left foot is 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 capable of delivering. But he could he could maybe he could be coached into another Ocampos, you know, and and um and and turn into a profile like that if he continues to to show the same work ethic off the ball, and and that would be fucking huge benefit to us. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to be fair, Campos was great when he left us more than rather than when he was with us. But um, I, well, he, it, I that just, last season, I think, he, he was great, right? And, but but it took time. Yeah, it took four years I, yeah. So as a sort of hard working forward, yeah. Um, I just um, I think yeah, I agree with your choices. I think it's probably worth just giving the Hongier mention as well because I think he also had a very good game. Um, I think he was really good uh, in and the field as well. defense. Both yeah, of them. Sorry. And Vertu as well. Oh, both both of them yeah. had, had a good game, especially in the second half. Because the header on, on the first goal was Vertu, was really good header. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, um, shall we shall we just crack on? Because I'm, I'm looking at a time. Um, so we said we would talk about uh, the Mercato um, quickly. So we've had three departures since we, well, since basically we, the, the season stopped for the World Cup. So we saw... Uh, firstly, we saw Luis Suarez. Um, he's gone to, I think, Almeria uh, on loan. Um, I think they've got an obligation to buy if Almeria stay up in La Liga. Um, I think the fee is, what is it, is it 9 million euros or something like that? Can you remember, Ben? Eight. Eight, eight million. Um, I think we paid so what, le- less than, so Yeah, I thought, I thought 10, 10, up to yeah. 12 or something. Dip, 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 if, if I remember correctly. But um, yeah, so it's a bit of a loss. It's probably worth taking that loss, though, isn't it? Because he's not very good. Absolute fucking donkey. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, who, who, we, we had someone, didn't we, Stefan, come and talk to us in the summer? I think it was just you and I, and, and the guy came on from a South American podcast. I can't remember, but he he was like, why the hell are you signing this guy? Um, that's right, uh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you, was thank a, you again for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for yeah. coming. And I'm so sorry that you were right, but you were right. He he was I, fucking catastrophic, and and it's and that's hard. He wasn't catastrophic, but he wasn't good no, enough. No, no, maybe I'm hard, but but I think he 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 basically there was there was a clear misunderstanding. He started decently, then he got a couple of goals, I think, and then and then he started being petulant, and and I think we we all knew that Trudeau wasn't going to stand for that with any player, and he started. You know, I think he had a strop when he warmed up once and then didn't come on and threw his shirt to the ground and all this crap. The guy clearly just, just wasn't equipped mentally to, to come come at the club with he this He wasn't equipped with equality, like, Ben. I don't even think it he was... He just had nothing. No, he had nothing, right? He had <laughs> he nothing, so... You see, the, the, like, uh, I, I think there was... A, you see, there was a misunderstanding. I think there was a, the misunderstanding about, or the, about uh, Luis Suarez is that I think they forgot... I think they got mixed up and thought they were sending the wrong one because the only explanation I can find for it is that maybe when the email went through from the scouts to Longoria, he was like, ah, yeah, Luis Suarez, yeah, bring him in. And then when he probably showed up, well, fuck, it's the wrong guy. I would go go almost as far as saying he's probably the the worst recruits in the Longoria era, um, personally, but I'd go even further and I'd, I'd say that this... This 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 would had flashbacks of fucking Jimenez and Mendoza and those types of signings. I, I would have questioned this signing in our shittest period, let alone in our decent period that we're having at the minute. So, <laughs> but we we never complete... guys like Mendoza for peanuts. We didn't pay much for them at all, did we? Well, you, well, you, you said we, we paid good money we for really them. Know. 
Well, do we really know I how much know. we paid for those guys? Who fucking does? Mendoza was like a loan. Absolute, and, absolute yeah. miscast, whether it's technically, mentally, football-wise. Um, I'm, I know I have to talk about the conspiracy theory that, that because he belongs to the, the family that owns Watford and maybe maybe it was part of trying to appease them as part of the ongoing gay saga. Um, who knows? But, but in any case, um, fucking hell, we should be suing them. Forget about gay. <laughs> we should be That's suing like, them for, you, for, for you're that's almost like finding a, a, some way to excuse the the direction for making such a terrible signing. <laughs> I mean, I mean well, oh, it's, it's got, the, it's got only, to be tied it's the up only in this. Reasonable excuse. It's the only reasonable excuse that they could have. But but it, it, absolute error. That's it. That's all there is to say. Donkey, um, fuck me. For ten million, we could have signed so much better. You Longoria apologist. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Is it Longoria these days, or is it Rebalta that's making these signings? Who knows? Good, good question. I, I think he was an average player, but you know he was young. You know he's, he he has he has some speed. Um, he has a bit of a knack for a goal, and you're like, you know, ten million. Okay, you know you would be able to sell him again for six, seven, eight, and. You know, I think we give it a go and didn't work and, you know, cut our losses, two million loss. It's OK. Um, but, but, he brought but, but, a few goals, a few points. Could have done something different with that money, definitely. Um, well, well but, I mean, if, if you're going to sign a donkey like that, you, you just just keep Milik. Just keep Milik. Don't fucking sign him. Yeah, but he's stylistically, he's, he's more the, appropriate than Milik be, for this, um, this team, Milik on the bench. Milik on the bench, it would have gone, it would have gone chaotic with Tudor Milik on the bench. How do you know? I mean, Tudor said, Tudor said recently that he didn't want, he, he, it wasn't his decision to sell Milik, and he's, you know, he's, he's, um, he's, how to say, he's a tributary to to the decisions above him and stuff, but he, he sanctioned it, but he didn't, he didn't get to see much of Milik, let's be honest, and so. I don't think we should restart the league discussion. Okay. The guy can't okay. press, the guy has no speed, no technique. I mean, you know, like he wasn't the right fit for Tudor already. I agree, I agree. Um, I, 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 Millie, yeah, it's stylistically. Suarez is a better fit, but he's a shitter player. Um, yeah, so exactly. <laughs> the, the other player that left us uh, was sort of, we saw Isaac Turi as well, just a couple, was it yesterday? Um, I think left us uh, on loan to Auxerre, um for six months on loan. No option to buy. He hasn't played this season. And I've, I'm a little bit disappointed because I think maybe we thought he might get a bit more football than he did. Um, mm. He saw a bit of him in pre-season. He didn't look great in pre-season. Did he? Um, I guess this is the right move, isn't it? He needs to get some game time. Any qualms about this? We, we should yeah. do it more often. We should do it more often. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, yeah. It, it, exactly. I, I think that with the way we, we defend, you know, we put our three defensive uh, centre-back under such pressure. They have, you know, uh, they have pretty much all half uh, of the pitch behind their back that they need to manage. And they have, you know, strikers, especially in the Franklin, who have <laughs> fucking speed. We have, they have a lot of speed and they have to find a way to defend that and read the game well and so on. And with the way Tudor plays, you know, and when you see how raw um, uh, Touré is, it, he wasn't going to play much. And, and the guy needs playing time. So, you know, loaning him to a 
Liga and club like Auxerre, which is great for him. Not too much pressure. Hopefully he'll have game time. Perfect plan. Yeah. Um, and then finally, uh, third departure was earlier today. This one's been on the cards for a long time. I guess we'll probably have a bit more to say about this, and that is uh, Gerson, who's uh, gone back to Flamengo. I think for the student fee, they're talking about 15 million euros. Um, could, I think, might go up towards 20 with like, add-ons. Um, and we paid, what, some over 20 million euros for him, didn't we, about 18 months ago. Um, I think there was various um, figures quoted about the actual fee that we paid for Gerson, but it was certainly 20 plus um, around that range. Um, this one, I mean, I know we've got different views on it. Like, certainly, like, doesn't, it's not really worked out for him this season um, and doesn't really, like, doesn't you know he doesn't fit the kind of style of play that um Tudor's asking for in, in terms of his like work rate um I'm a bit disappointed though because I think he's a player that's got quality and I feel like um we probably you know that he 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 could have blossomed into a great player for us I thought we saw some of that last season certainly in the second half of the season under Sampali the, the, that, that he might have been going in that direction and maybe the coach change is just wasn't good for him so I'm a little bit disappointed in that because uh, you know I kind of think that we probably should have just held on to him for longer um, until he comes good or under a different manager or loaned him out and then bring him back when on the right team you know because I, I, I kind of think if you're selling him at a loss that's just a bit of a failure. You know? Is it a loss though because I mean again we'll, we'll, <clears throat> we'll probably never know the full extent of the truth and the, the structure <clears throat> of how we paid for him and stuff but seemingly you know he's gone back to his parent club right to, to, sorry his parent club to the club we bought him from so seemingly at the very least we've ri- written off some debt over the next few years and saving money on his salary and stuff like that so there's that um, but but I just you know, in theory, I'd agree with you, Steph. Yeah, hold on to him and stuff. But but I think beyond the change of coach and the change of style that, that clearly he, his his profile isn't adapted to, and, and he's he's flopped before in Europe. Um, and it, and I just and and add to that, I think we discussed it a few a few months ago on this on the show was he's he's got off the field problems. His wife walked out on him this summer with with his little girl and moved back to Brazil and. Um, I just yeah. think he, he he was homesick, right? And his dad's a bit of a cowboy agent, a bit like Neymar's dad's. I think he started um, fucking about uh, in the summer, came to ask for a pay rise and all sorts of shit. Um, so, so it's just, I think that, that as much as in theory, you'd think, yeah, hold on to him and maybe he'll come good and maybe next year with a different manager. I just think he clocked out mentally. He's depressed. Um, and... You know, in a way, I'm, I mean, we, again, it could be a lot worse. We could, you know, this uh, so many times at OM and too many times, suddenly we've seen these types of transfers. Remember the fucking Lucho Gonzalez, man. We, we, we just gave him back to Borzo for free, effectively, to wipe off the remaining eight or nine million we, we had left to pay for pay them for him. Um, it, it, thank fuck it's not ended like that. So it could have been a lot worse. But I think that, again, we'll see and hopefully... The truth will be in the next few months if his dad shits all over us in, in the Brazilian press and fucks up potential uh, signings and deals there. Who knows? We'll see. I hope not. But I, I, this feels like a bit of a good, good Samaritan gesture from the club, which is, look, we understand you're, you're mentally very fragile right now. We don't want to keep you here against your will. As long as Flamengo come to, to decent terms with us, we'll let you go home. We understand that you're depressed in your family situation. Thanks for the memories. 
thanks for, 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 for I think he, he individually, Haas away and not away, he, he got at least six points for us, maybe 10 points by himself with decisive goals where he was the only scorer in those games. Thank you. Goodbye. Um, it's a shame, but but this is you know this happens with players that are homesick and and it just again I think I mentioned it on, on on WhatsApp the other day. OM, contrarily to to the bigger clubs and certainly to Lyon in Monaco in France, we just don't seem to have that professional psychological support structure for for the for these South American signings to to enable them to to adapt and and bed into. To, to the, the 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 change in culture and and, and also the, the pressure at the club. So yeah, it, I think it's a shame. It could have been a lot worse. It's a good point. Like, I didn't know that much about the personal stuff, but I I, I, I hadn't read that. Um, that that kind of makes sense. I I mean, when you look at his body language, it makes sense. And when I saw him, like um, in Brazil in the pictures and stuff, like he just he, he, it just looked quite telling. To, yeah, he travelled to Brazil. Just after the Lyon, the Lyon game, um, which 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 tells me that he sat down with Longoria and Trudeau and said, "Guys, I'm I'm done. Like, I'm 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 not in the fit state to play football. Um, I'm, I need to go back to Brazil. The World Cup's coming up. Can I go earlier, please? Yes. Okay. Thanks. And then, lo and behold, thank God Flamengo came in and and we we found what seems like a decent deal for him. But I, I yeah, just exactly. think the guy, I, the guy I lost just, it. I kind of uh, just thought, felt that like. This, Situation really smelled, and we decided to cut our losses, move on, and use that money hopefully to recruit some kind of, you know, player like a Malinovsky or someone like that who would make a difference. So, you know, I, I think we're doing the right thing. Um, I can, if the personal stuff is really the the main factor here, then it makes sense and it probably is inevitable. But if it's not, then I kind of felt that um, that this transfer is. He wouldn't yeah, have he might not. yeah, yeah, but I, I, I kind of felt that this transfer is an indication that Longoria didn't isn't confident in his own abilities or whether his own well, abilities or his scouts and what they are telling him when they're signing players. Because when you sign a player, you spend that kind of money on him. You have you must believe that that player is capable of um of becoming a great player and you're going to recoup that money and make a profit of him. Otherwise, why would you go out and spend that kind of money? Um, and if, if they were giving up on him at this stage, then that makes me think they're not confident in their own judgment about the player. Yeah, you, you, every club make mistakes and it's not really a mistake. He was fitting some Paoli really well, but we decided to go another way because yeah, so of, that, would, that would be and, a and then it's not, not fitting anymore. Though. That, but that goes back to my original point. That would be a reason to say, actually, I know this player's good, and if 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 you know if we bide our time, we could end up making money out of him he, rather than set no, he, cut he, losses he, he Is they like pan- basically what he did was they panicked because they thought, fuck, he's not playing. If we don't sell him now, he'll become worthless in a, a um you know in a year's time or two years' time, and then we won't be able to sell him for a profit. We'll end up making loads of make a loss on him. Yeah, that's he, bad, he, but he, that's he, really bad. That's what I'm saying. That like, if they really believed. And the player that they brought in and spent that money on, they would have. I think they would have just loaned them out or something. Or, or it, it raises two questions, like, right? It raises the, the first question is, um, you know, for for all the progress and and the luck that we've had with with Longoria and Ribaldan, whoever the fuck is making these signings, um, there, there have been some some mistakes, and he's probably the the, the highest profile one out of the lot. Um, and it and it and maybe it shows again that gap as I've I've discussed that. 
Um, you know, the bigger clubs, and you look at, at, at Arsenal's nowadays and City and that, they, they do a lot of psychological analysis. It's like, can this guy cope with the pressure, the demands of, of high-level professional football in Europe and stuff? And especially bearing in mind he's flopped before. So that maybe OM is it's another proof that OM can't, we just aren't there yet, professionally, structurally-wise. And secondly, maybe it also raises the, the question again that, uh, you know, we don't need, we don't necessarily know the ins and outs. Was this a Sampaoli request at the time? And Longoria said yeah. to him, okay, yeah, I can see the logic in it. And he's, he is, you know, on paper, he is the best midfielder in Brazilian league and all of that. Um, and maybe, maybe it was just the case. I, I just think he went to the club and clocked out mentally and, and admitted it. And fair play to him for, for having, you know, sort of the, the honesty to do that and not sit, sit there taking his paycheck like many others have done in the past. He, I think he just clearly was in a, a depressive spiral and wanted to, he was homesick. That's that's what it comes down to. Perhaps, yeah. Um I, I, I think the the worrying thing though is that there is a because of the Suarez signing, you you've seen two of these examples where you spent a lot of money and then you've cut your losses on them quite early on. Um, and yeah, that I mean maybe it's just these are just two um you know, just two individual cases, and it's not reflective of a wider pattern. But we'll, I guess we'll kind of see maybe Milik potentially. But, um, but I think we all knew the kind of player Milik was before, so it's a little bit different. Um, but yeah, the the fear that I have is that either he isn't the the president isn't trusting his scouts or his data team or whatever, and isn't confident in those decisions, and he's just worried about you know bringing in cash as soon as he can to please the the president and i think that's not a great pattern to be well, going down i, I mean, think you've got, whoever's advising him to make those signings he needs they need to trust the the judgments they need to be building something long term where you're bringing in players that you're actually going to invest in and then make money out of that's not happened yet so that at the moment this is very i i think that is worrying so i just hope it's not going to be a trend I guess we discussed it just before we, we start recording and, and final, I guess, final little topic for, for, for the, the, the evening. But, um, you know, add, add to that, as you said, you know, we cut our losses early on both of these profiles. Um, remember the context in, in early March, we're going to 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 TAS, so the, the arbitrary tribunal for sport in Switzerland to appeal against a potential one year transfer ban for the, the gay Watford situation. Maybe that that also plays into the context, which is shit. We need we need fresh cash because we could be banned for a year, and so we need to invest pretty heavily on this this winter mercato now because it could be our last one for twelve months. And and that he was him and and, and Suarez were the key ways that we were going to bring some cash in initially and, and and have some recurring income with the clauses and payment structure over the next couple of years certainly. So maybe that plays into it as well, right? <clears throat> no, yeah. de- definitely. Um, like if if you're in a position now, let's say you you, you cut Jason instead of you know give him another year or another you know another trust another chance and you know you cut him off, you lose three four million, but that free up some money to get a Malinowski, let's say. Well, you do it. You pull the trigger. Obviously, you would. So yeah. I think it's just management. You know, we it, it's not you know it's not mathematic. It's it's an art, not not um, not not a science. You know, you you do you buy 15 players and even some of the the one that you spend a lot of money on don't work out. But as long as you have a good chunk who works, it's it's um it's a good play overall. And if it doesn't work, you cut all your losses and turn to what may look like a better option as soon as possible. So that's what we do. I think. 
I think like spend the money that you uh, generate from selling those players. If we spend that on Malinowski at 29 years old, that is just terrible, terrible business. Like bring him on loan, free off a of peanuts, great signing. But don't bring him in on a big salary for a for a fee. That's just, like the whole point. Like in this project was to be to to sign players, develop them, and sell them off at a profit. Malinowski type signings are the worst kind of signings for us um, financially in the long term so I totally disagree with that signing um, I hope that's exactly what we don't do because we'll, we'll we'll all regret it in two years time um, and we'll have a player that is you know unsellable does no one wants to spend more than two million on a 30 plus year old um, so God what no. you is true we, we, we are starting to have a lot of old players when you think about uh, Payet Alexis Close, potentially Malinovsky, the old defense, you and, know, and, and then and, that could uh, be could be the oldest of the lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, I think you raise you, you raise a, a really good point that you know so far I think um, uh, Pablo has done an amazing job to you know bring in, bring in competitiveness into Olympique de Marseille. And and thanks to him, we you know we finished second and we're still in the hunt and we're still expected to to win the next few games, you know, that that's where we are now. And we start a game and that hasn't been the case for, you know, a long time at this club. Um, but it's true that in terms of, you know, finding the little pepite that you, you, you buy at the right price and sell with a big profit, that hasn't happened yet. So, you know, something to, to look into as long as we're competitive. I don't really mind, but if, if we want to get to the next level, ideally you, you, we would need to find some of these young players and develop them. So, um, Let's see, but we, you know, let, let's be thankful we where we are because we're such an uh, unstable club that, you know, just being stable for a couple of years and being competitive, it's 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 a big win already. We actually made a lot of mistakes of that under um, uh, the previous uh, management when it was Zuzaretta. No need to mention we, the names. Yeah, but we we <laughs> oh, signed players. We spent money on older players, didn't we? So um, and then we couldn't sell them like Mitroglou. Oh, and the Strutman, Strutman is still, exactly. so still. That's, that's what I mean. Like I don't. Yeah, I don't want to. I just I don't want us to spend any more than five million euros on anyone who's over twenty eight. It's just not a good idea because um, you just never get the money back and the players decline quite rapid rate as well at a certain by a certain point. Um, and once they are past, tw- once you're like kind of twenty nine almost, it's, it sort of can hit it quite quite rapidly, like un- unexpectedly that that decline. So it's just things have changed though now. It's it, it was like twenty nine thirty like. 10, 50 years ago, but now you know. Look at Alexi; he's the one who runs. Well, yeah. But those players, just, yeah, but so, some, you know, some players do. But some of them, them they yeah, are competitive. I mean, like, if they're professional, they are competitive still at that age. You some can't of them, no, some of them aren't. Oh, that's the thing, isn't it? Some like it's not the case for everyone. So I mean, you look at guys, like, look at a team like Juventus. They've got yeah, exactly that true. kind of problem. They've got these players like Alexandro, Danilo. A year, a year ago, they were like. You know, he was like one of the best left backs in the world a year and a half ago, and then suddenly he's fucking terrible. Like it can happen quite rapidly. Like um, once you kind of hovering around that mark, not everyone is like an Alexis Sanchez, who, to be fair, was not having a good time for a few seasons. Um, so yeah, I just think you can't assume that all the players nowadays are going to last into the thirties. 
It's difficult in the current context. I 100% agree with you, Stefan. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, we can't make another treatment mistake. But uh, but but if if we had, you know, if the model was working or does eventually work, and you start selling, a, a, you know, Genduzi every year and replacing him effectively, you, you do need one or two of these experienced players um, to, to, to 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 build the squad and to build experience, and certainly in, in the European competitions. But uh, but it's it's much less of a debate if you're if you you're a club like Lyon or Monaco and you you have you have decent income and you're able to sell a Chouamini for, for for 70 million every two or three years, right? So it's just not the case with OM currently. And, and as long as it's not the case, I, I 100% agree with you, Steph. Is let's not do it because we can't afford these gambles on these experienced players um, whilst we're not having regular income and 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 signing coherent young potential. And um, what about Gundizzi actually? Um, there is sort of rumours that he could be leaving. Um, any thoughts on that? You think it's a certainty that I, he's going to go? I, I don't think he'll go this winter. I'd be very surprised if he did. But but he, you know, look, let, let, let's put it into perspective. Who is who is bankable in the squad, and who's who's certainly who's shined in the Champions League this season is Mbemba, Gendouzi, Arit, um, Balerdi to an extent. Um, so those are the four players that. That we will be able to sell for above. Well, ignore Mbemba because hopefully we don't sell him. But but Valerdi and Gendouzi are certainly you would expect a minimum of uh, for Valerdi 15 million and Gendouzi you would expect at least 30 if you sell him properly. So uh, whether we like it or not, the reality is if if we don't get Champions League, we will need to sell one of the two for a decent money. And and if we do get Champions League and they've contributed to us getting Champions League, then the bigger clubs will come in for them and we'll see. We'll see. But um, replacing them is going to be the problem beyond the footballing ability. I think Alex, you said it in the group the other day. Is uh, for again, Duzi is his leadership ability. And his, we, I think, all three of us see a potential OM captain in him next year if he stays. But um, if we need to cash in on him, then as long as we replace him, fine. But it's going to be a big loss. Yeah, I agree. We won't sell him this winter. I think he's. He, he, there's a fair chance that he goes this summer and. Hopefully, at least 20 million plus. And um, um, yeah, we'll have to reinvest that money uh, wisely. We'll have to trust the man uh, who is uh, holding the wheel right now. <laughs> okay. And what would you like to see, final question, this this January, like um, in terms of transfers coming in, what would you like to see? Have we got any I, wish? I- I can't I can't name a player, but I think again we've we've had the debate offline. Is um I, we know that Trudeau's not going to cheat, tweak his system, right? So it's very unlikely that, that I think personally that we go for number nine, um even though that is a, a, a position that we're lacking depth in. I think I think in Trudeau's mind, unless an opportunity comes on the market and it's a player he really likes, like a Simeone or someone, he likes Alexis work rate in that in that false nine sort of position. So it, 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 if if we follow and um, you know you could you could approach this debate in in two or three ways, but it, the most likely outcome is we sign a a Malinowski type profiles as in a a a number ten. I think with Ar- with Arit's injury and um, I don't think he'll play again this season and and I don't I don't trust Payet. Don't care what everybody's saying and all this shit. I've 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 given up on the guy. Um, even if even if he's really motivated and mentally um, involved and stuff, his body's gone. It's just a fact. He's 35 years old. He's not looked after himself. 
he won't be able to play every game between now and the end of the season. And with the potential transfer ban, we need to think about next season. So I, I would like to see a, a, a number 10 come in, a creative player um, that, that will help us create chances and will be a starter next season. Yeah, a Malinowski on, on loan would, would be perfect. My only worry is more on that right side where Under is. And I think Under can bring a lot uh, for us this year. So <clears throat> just need, need to make sure that they, they, they would find a way to, to work together. Maybe Malinowski put on more the, 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 the left uh, half space instead of Payet. I don't know if he can play that role. But uh, on paper, the, the type of player like Malinowski, hopefully on, on loan or not too expensive, would be would be a perfect fit. And yeah, in terms of number nine, it, it's true that, you know, if we can find a, a, a young number nine who who could press and and help. But the thing is that he, he loves Alexis so much and Alexis works rate is incredible for 90 minutes that, you know, even Jeng doesn't play much more than five minutes every now and then. So if we recruit a number nine, will the guy really play much? I'm, I'm not too sure. So if we can find a good opportunity for number nine, you know, it, it'd be useful. Um, definitely. If Alexis gets injured, we, we, we need to have options. Um, then ideally, I'd, I'd like um, maybe uh, another wing back, but I'm, I'm not sure we'll have the money. If we can already sign for sure a number 10 and ideally potentially a number nine as well, that would be already quite good. Yeah, um, I think for me, like there's three possessions that need upgraded, but I think all we can all expect one in this window. Um, but then, as you said, Beth is a transfer ban in uh, Lumen, then yeah, we might need to um, add a few more. But yeah, I see, like, obviously, the um, I, I mean, I agree, that, and I, I've, I've uh, we've talked about this offline. I do, I would like to see another forward brought in, um, someone who can score, who's uh, who's clinical, but has also, you know, got good um, off the ball qualities, you know, good work rate, good runs and moves well, but that's not going to be easy to find. And I kind of feel like there's no point in just signing someone for the sake of it. I think that with that position, we just we should be waiting for the right opportunity. Um, but um, the, I, I, yeah, I would like to, we definitely need someone, you know, the two that we've got behind the fall, the, the, the main forward, we need someone there, don't we? Aritz injured, Pyatt's getting old. Um, Gerson never, I mean, he didn't quite really play that role, but he could do. Um, we need someone there, um, and that looks like it's probably going to be someone like Malinowski on loan. Um, I personally would think that we should be looking at the this players that are out of contract in the summer, and I think that that's where we need to be looking at, is like, who is going to be available for free in the summer? Who can we pick up there for? for cheap in January um, because clubs naturally uh, don't want uh, to lose and yeah. lose the players for nothing and and you look at the list there is players there's and I said it before there's, there's Thomas Lamar who's a great great in that sort of position can play on the right can play on the left yes he's out of favour he, he's out of form but he's yeah, but that he, fits the profile that we've signed in the exact, recent years right it's, it's, exactly it's, um, resurrecting these these players yeah yeah, and then I mean wages might be an issue though. Um, and then there's I mean there's Jonathan Bamba. Leo, Leo's a good player. Why not? I mean Marcus Churam as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's he, because of the World Cup though. He's maybe become maybe a little bit out of our sights. Uh, it's too expensive. Um, yeah. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, so there are players like look through there. Are, there's those options. So I think we should be thinking a little bit smarter long term as well there. Um, but yeah, I'd also like to see a central midfielder because you know I know Jason like it's kind of what was he even playing the center? Was he playing further forward? Even with Sam Pali, he was playing bloody so weird wing back inverted wing back role at times like um but yeah I would like to see a, a, a sort of a central midfielder that's a bit more of a ball playing midfielder. I think think we can you know we've got good workers like uh, Vertu and uh, Rangier but I think that in Gunduzi as well even I think we need someone who's just a bit more technically refined. I don't know who that is. Like I I mean I know that we've been linked with Bla. Gunduzi, I think Gunduzi would be enough, yeah, right? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I, don't I, think, I think it's a bit more of a creative, kind of ball-playing, creative, deep, I don't know, like Lefay. Yeah, I, I, people I talk agree. about Enzo Lefay. That yeah, I, I, don't, I haven't seen him enough, but like he looks exciting and people talk really highly of him, so something like that, I, I would be up he, for him he, using the he, money in January uh, on someone like that. Personally. I agree, he's got Monaco written all over him, I, I reckon, if he stays in Ligue 1, for example. But, uh, but yeah, I agree, that, that type of profile stuff. Um, and, and maybe that they can... You know they could be a bit like again Duzi. They could they could play a bit further forward as well in, in games where we need them to. But yeah, yeah, a, a, a sort of you know if you if you compare like a, a, a Romager or a, a Blas. I mean, Blas, I, I, I still worry about Blas. We've been linked with uh, with this Unai as well. You know who who shines for Morocco at the World Cup. But but that's got that's got World Cup um, hype written all over it. And, and the likelihood is if if with the money they're asking for. Which will be probably 20, 25 million because someone like Villa or Leicester will come in and offer that stupid amount of money for, for someone who shines for free games at the World Cup. Then it's a risk. So it's the right type of profile, but but it's yeah, it's it's that is the position. If if we do, I reckon we've got between 15 and 20 million cash to spend with with Jason and Suarez leaving. That is the position that that is the priority. Um, if, if especially with the ban looming and, and a love romager type type profile would be perfect. So the I, I 15 20 million, then you've got Le Fay, Lemar, and Turam on free transfers sorted somewhere <laughs> like we'll win the league. <laughs> but we can't we can't though we can't we can't pre-sign Can them, if we do get the ban. No, mm. if we do get the ban, we can't register players. It's not about transfers, it's about registering them, so we can't even sign free mm. agents. Bollocks. The ban is unless, a, is unless, a big, big unless they sign now. Unless they sign what now. What about the loans? Like, uh, no, no, you don't have a problem if there are automatic options or there are pre-agreed clauses to to purchase to to um, to buy them. So imagine a Cabaret, for example, that doesn't count. We would be able to sign him. Not that we will, but but because of that type of structured arrangement, that wouldn't count as a transfer. That would count as a, a, a sort of registration extension. Interesting. Yeah, okay. it's, it's a massive decision for us what uh, what will happen with a um, you know potential ban. Huge, huge. So I was thinking we would get quite a quiet window, but it sounds like we might have a very important window. Well, I'd, I'd be if we do, if we do um, and we do get the ban, then I, I will I will fucking shit all over Longoria and Ribanta. It's like, guys, how could you be that that short sighted? Like you you can have the best lawyers in the world and stuff, but we we you just can't predict how it's going to go. And and we're, we be, bear in mind we've the, the the original decision was to ban us, so we're appealing that. It's not like this is we're waiting the outcome of the initial decision, so we're appealing. 
uh, which which the way it usually works, I think City are the only club that have turned it over. And, and how did they do that? They apparently lost the fucking paperwork, so they couldn't investigate properly. But but we won't get away with that. We know that they will shit all over us. So at the very least, it will be it will be maybe halved and maybe a six month ban, which means that we're, we're fucked in the summer and then we can recruit again this time next year. But but it, it, you know personally. I, I, we we know this club too well. We I expect the worst, and if you you have to plan for the worst, and you have to spend decently and and prepare for the worst this this window. So this this is potentially the most important window of the Longoria era, um, because we may we may be he likes wheeling and dealing, and he won't be able to do it next summer probably. Yeah, let's see, let's see. Hard to know what the financials and what, what we can do. So um. I'm sure it'll be. I'm sure it'll be busy. I'm sure it'll be busy. Yeah. Okay. Shall we wrap it up there then? Um, thanks, guys, for tonight. And yeah, we'll, we'll probably try and get something out in the next couple of weeks as well. Um, it's good to be back. Um, it was better, maybe a bit of a negative discussion there, but I think all in all, things are pretty good on the pitch anyway at the moment. So all good. Cool. Thank you very much.